Vermont has a reputation for being pristine and a little bit wild. We've got these beautiful forests and these huge swaths of unpopulated land and, and a low human population. And I think one of the reasons Vermont is so pristine is because we've got people, like the biologists here with us today, who work really hard to keep it that way. But in spite of everybody's efforts, we still have invasive species in the state. We do, Sarah, and today we came to the shores of Lake Champlain, unfortunately, to talk about one that's been around for a bunch of years, zebra mussels. And if you've been along the lake in your bare feet on rocky shores, you're probably familiar with them because they're pretty sharp. And we're going to talk today about the history of these zebra mussels and what they're doing to the environment here in Vermont and potentially ways that we can stop their spread. Yeah, the big deal with for me about these mussels is that they actually attack the native mussels by sticking on them. So we're going to join a couple of great biologists who've been studying mussels for a bunch of years here in the state. Michael Lou Smith from Arrowwood Environmental and Mark Ferguson from the Vermont Fish and Wildlife Department. Guys, tell us a little bit about how these zebra mussels arrived into the lake and, and, and what you're trying to accomplish with surveying them right now. So the zebra mussels arrived in the early 1990s um, via the Champlain Canal. Uh, so in the southern part of the lake, and then they quickly spread north to the rest of the lake. The reason they're able to travel so quickly is that the adult zebra mussel, when they reproduce, they have little tiny, they're called villagers, and they basically just float in the water. And they travel with wind and current in the water. So they were able to spread all throughout the lake in that manner. Like you say, Kent, anyone that's been on the beaches has, has seen them. The thing you can't see are some of the ecological impacts that they have kind of on a more microscopic level. Um, and these impacts are pretty widespread. And Mark, you said 14 species of native mussels were in Lake Champlain? I'd say it's more like about 10 that were known from the lake at one time or another. You know, what do the zebra mussels do to them? Well, kind of a sad story. They're competing basically for the same resources. Uh, a lot of the food that they eat is the same for both. So can one of you step back for a second and give us a little bit of the life cycle of the zebra mussel, tell us a little bit what it looks like, and um, after the larval stage, what does it do, how long does it live, and, and what does it eat? So the zebra mussel is a small, triangular-shaped freshwater mussel with this zebra stripe pattern on its shell. Uh, unlike our native mussels, uh, it forms what are called these bissel threads, which are kind of threads that attach it to hard substrates, similar to the mussels that you see in the ocean. Reproduction occurs by the male and female zebra mussels emitting sperm and eggs in the water, basically at the same time, and those eggs develop into these villagers, which are a free-floating juvenile, which get dispersed by currents. One curious thing about the biology of zebra mussels is that because they have these bissel threads, they really need to attach to hard surfaces. Now, in some areas of the lake, there aren't many hard surfaces, nice sandy beaches, for example. And these nice sandy beaches often have native freshwater mussels there, and they're the only hard surface to attach to. Once these zebra mussels get attached to a mussel, if it's, especially if it's the only hard thing on in that area, um, you can get a lot of zebra mussels on one particular mussel. When we talk about their reproduction, how many of these larvae can a female zebra mussel produce in the span of a year? Thousands, but not all survive. 
but their, their reproductive capacity is, is quite prodigious. So aside from decimating populations of native mussels, what other impacts do these invasive zebra mussels have on, on the environment? Zebra mussels become so abundant that they can actually have a big impact on what planktonic food is available to other species in the lake. So they're basically competing for not only the food of other mussels, but uh, food for larval fish, food for other plankton, zooplankton that's in the lake. And they can actually change the whole ecosystem of the lake and do change the ecosystem of the lake over time. Like all mussels, the zebra mussel is a filter feeder. And so it sucks in water, takes out the, the critters that it wants, and then shoots out clean water. One thing that's been shown is it actually increases water clarity. A lot of people think, oh, great, water clarity. But at the expense of what, right? The reason the water maybe wasn't so clear before is that it was filled with phytoplankton and zooplankton. And these are tiny little plants and animals that are in the water column. Well, those tiny little plants and animals are the basis of the food web for the entire lake. So other native animals, not just our native mussels, but other native animals are impacted by this by just not having as much food availability. The other impact that we haven't mentioned, they will completely clog intake pipes and um, outflow pipes for water treatment plants and, and power plants and other things. At their highest densities, they can reach over 100,000 zebra mussels per square meter. So oh, that, gives wow. you, that gives you some idea just how abundant they can be. Really interesting. All right, can we go look at some of these? Let's go find some. Here's a good example. You're walking on sand and then you come across. Are these all zebra mussels? These are all zebra mussels washed up from the shore. It's a pile of shells, of zebra mussel shells. Are there any natives in here? These are the natives. These larger ones are the natives. Big ones are the natives, yeah. And you can see here's a shell that has zebra mussels attached to it. One native mussel in an area badly colonized by zebra mussels can have literally hundreds of zebra mussels stuck to it. The pile of zebra mussels here Unreal. is really, I wasn't actually prepared for that. That's a lot. These zebra mussels look obvious to me. They're striped like a zebra. Yeah. Well, and they're, they're, they're small. They're, they're tiny. Really small. They're pretty angular. Sarah, you had picked this one up, and I just wanted to mention this. So th this is a native mussel. Okay. How many zebra mussels are attached to that? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like eight or nine? And in some cases, similar to this, you have just as much or more mass of zebra mussel than you have native mussel. And, you know, the likelihood that that native mussel is going to survive is pretty slim. Yeah, yeah. Zebra mussels really live just one to three years, reproduce a lot, and then die fairly young. The native mussels, on the other hand, can live 20, 30, 40, depending on some species, hundreds of years. Is there anything that these zebra mussels do that we might consider positive? From an ecological standpoint, there really isn't. Some people might look at the fact that they clarify the water, but really what that means is they're taking food away from other creatures. Well, thank you guys so much for bringing us out here. And, and I mean, it's kind of a sad story. But you know, we've learned a lot about the lake and, yeah. and I look forward, Michael, to the work that you and the, the, the department is doing with Mark and also with the Lake Champlain committee, helping to find some of these refugia for native mussels. I hope we hear more in a few years that there's some great places for native mussels still. Yeah, I hope so too. I'm Sarah Zahendra. And I'm Kent McFarland. Thanks for listening to Outdoor Radio.
So if, if we put Sarah out there, how long would it take for the muscles just cover her body? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to sink me with like a cinder block. I would not say so.